Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Now. The Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Great businesses depend on people, ideas, communication, and vision to drive consistently desirable outcomes. Built on the back of hard work, clear objectives, and determination, success can be within the reach of any organization. Of course, all of these things must be coupled by a leadership team that knows how to get the best from their teams each and every day. But what about when this doesn't happen? What about when the management team doesn't drive performance, or worse, they create dysfunction? Over a decade ago, Ileana Vassiliou founded Creating Effective Organizations to expand her sphere of influence in healing the world of work. Ileana, armed with an MBA, is a certified coach. Over the last decade, she has worked with over 1,000 leaders and found most of them skilled at getting business results or skilled on the people side, rarely does the CEO find leaders who can integrate both. Ileana, the concept of work has changed dramatically over the years from working to survive, the next as a way to express yourself, i.e. personal success, to what I see now is that as business becomes more conscious, those involved want to work for meaning and fulfillment. So I'd like you first, I want to say thank you for joining me today. And then I'd like you to share your thoughts about what you see as this new work paradigm and how your mission in healing the world of work fits in. Well, hallelujah to that is all I have to say, <laughs> because it is so true. Um, it is so true that the paradigm has changed, and especially with generations. It used to be with the traditionalists that we were just super loyal to the company. And whatever the company wanted is what we did, and we had huge longevity with that company. But as the generations have come along, and now we're on the millennials and on the Zoomers, and the millennials are going to be the majority of the workforce by 2030, and also the Zoomers are replacing 10,000 boomers who are leaving every single day. And what they're looking for truly is, is meaning and, uh, and being able to make an impact on the world and, um, and having 
work not being separated from life, but being part of life, having a more integrated approach. Being a boomer myself, it's like, boy, did I miss out. <laughs> because it is, um, I think, living life in a more holistic way, in a, more, in a healthier way. I, I see that too, and you know, in the, a lot of the businesses I'm forming, and over the course of the last year, and even into this year, forming a lot more nonprofits, because people see the, you know, the the problems, the issues, and they want to work to solution or be more involved in the cause. As many people talk about, you know, hey, if I go to work for this corporation, it's still about the bottom line, but I really don't see that a lot anymore. So talk about you know, you work with a lot of business leaders. Are the leaders moving consciously into the arena of we have to have a bigger purpose than a bigger bottom line? Um, well, because they've been reversing cause and effect. Because if we're just focusing after the money and the bottom line, that's the bottom line is a result. But it's a result of what? It has to be a result of wanting to make an impact on the world, of wanting to do something that's that's of benefit to the world. And I, I think over the years we've kind of lost that. And I think we're just starting to get it back. And I think it's an exciting time, I really do. Especially when I see millennials going out there and forming, making their own jobs, making their own worlds um, that have been enabled by the internet and, and um, e-commerce. And I just talked today to someone who they live in Canada, but um, to someone who's a client. And um, she was telling me about a member of her family, a nephew, who is going out in the world and he's doing craft beer and he's selling like, all of a sudden within days, he's selling $1,000 a day. And it's like, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> they like to drink a lot in Canada, I guess. <laughs> your company creating effective organizations. So you've spent a lot of time going into companies that are, would you say, dysfunctional or they're lacking something. So let's move into, you can't get to higher purpose if you have dysfunction within the organization. So when we originally talked about how you're going to heal the world of work. So what, what is the root cause of why we're not healed? <laughs> really good question. And that is that at having been certified as a coach and worked for years in coaching people, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm really tired of just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. And I want to get to the point where I can really, really make a difference. And the only way to really, really make a difference is to get to what are the beliefs behind what drive us uh, to accomplish certain things. And what are the beliefs that you know lead to dysfunction? And you know we're all dysfunctional to some point or other. And then you get a bunch of us in an organization who are all dysfunctional. It is really hard to lead. And um, there's a quote that I love using by Larry Bossidy, who um, was the CEO of Allied Signal, which is where I, I grew up. And um, his quote is that dialogue is our work unit, and that. The more effective an organization is at dialogue, the more effective the organization is. But when we stop to think about dialogue in the world nowadays and how effective we are at it, we're not. That's my latest mission, <laughs> is to go out there and help leaders really understand how to dialogue and have open dialogue where it's not about me having to be right, me having to win, but really being open to different perspectives and different ideas so that you can come up with the most creative solution. 
because if you can't come up with the most creative solution, you're not going to be able to fulfill your purpose, ultimately, well, ideally. And how businesses are communicating right now, which, you know, a lot of people working at home or just coming back into the workplace or deciding that, you know, I don't want to go back to that job. I'm going to go look elsewhere. And so the business owner is really kind of in a quandary right now. And so if you weren't an effective dialoguer or communicator when everyone was in the same room, what have you seen transpire over the course of the last really 15 months now that um, is causing some, some issues? I've seen a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen some companies where the leaders are actually doing a better job in communicating and some of their dysfunctions going away, which kind of blew my mind and it kind of it threw me out of a job <laughs> with that particular organization because of the pandemic. And they found that by having to have a very focused, everyday sort of meetings, well, this was a hospital, so they were dealing with a pandemic, I mean, totally. Um, they were much more effective at their dialogue and much more effective at creating, I mean, they were forced to. So some of the purpose is so important because when we have that higher level purpose, it drives us to better results, if that makes any sense. Um, because it brings everybody together, it aligns everybody, it inspires everybody, and they're able to put ego aside. And um, I think that's one of the most difficult things for all of us, including me. Um, and what I have worked hard at my whole life is at being um, being able to set that ego aside, not having to be right, not having to be perfect, not having to be the person who's accomplished the most, but just to be in service of whatever the purpose is. And, and that's where a lot of companies have had to take a step back and evaluate their purpose or, you know, really why, why do we show up to work every day and who is it that we're serving? And so I, I really noticed this trend going on over the last really decade, you know, uh, with the advent of benefit corporations and all the conversation around all of that, but um, that more and more businesses are realizing that um, they have to have a bigger purpose because their customers want to see it their own employees want to see it. Let, let's talk about that. Because Zoomers yeah. are you know, definitely ones that are very conscious about the environment. They're conscious about um, wanting to work for a company that is doing good in the world, definitely not doing harm. And um, there's supposed to be a huge employment employee gap in uh, up through 2030, the biggest one in 50 years. So if we're going to be able to attract and retain employees, it's going to be really super important. And I especially feel for the small business owner um, because they cannot pay the sorts of high wages that you know other people can. So I've worked a lot with small businesses and small business owners to help them attract and retain employees based on purpose, based on having a cause. Absolutely. I'm having a great conversation with Eliana Vassilou, who is the founder and CEO of Creating Effective Organizations. You can check out our website, creatingeffectiveorganizations.com. We have to go to break. I want to continue this conversation because I know that she can go deeper dive into what she wants to accomplish with her mission about healing the world of work. We'll be right back.
Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Remember the heat from last summer? Remember how the sun can damage your flooring, furniture, and window coverings? Energy efficiency meets style and comfort when you get SunTech Solar Screening for your windows or sliding doors. You get more comfort and you save money with SunTech. Call for a free estimate, 352-9396. Get SunTech Solar Screening, 352-9396. Or go online, suntechsolarscreens.com. Call SunTech Solar Screening. Welcome back and thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, having a great conversation with Ileana Vassiliou, who is the founder and CEO of Creating Effective Organizations. I'm going to use the term burnout. Let's talk about, are you seeing that people are tired? How do you help the leader of the organization stay positive and, you know, when, when a lot of negative is coming at us? So I see a lot of burnout, not just in leaders, but in the employees, where it's because leaders are either really good on the human side or on the business side. And when they're able to find systems, leadership systems, which are out there in the world, that allow them to become more proactive and allow them to both bridge the human side and the business side, when they become more proactive, they're able to prioritize better. And it sounds really stupid that prioritization is the answer, but for my clients, what I see is that leaders don't negotiate enough with their employees on what their employees' priorities need to be. And as a result, the employees have too many priorities and they're not accomplishing any of them really well fully, which is leading to them being burnt out because the two things that we all want is to be able to achieve and then to be recognized for it. Having these cycles of upward achievement and recognition for our achievement. But when we're not achieving and we're just feeling like we're in a hamster wheel, we haven't finished one project before we start another one and we don't stop and celebrate the one that just passed, which is what I see happening a lot. Not only are the leaders not able to really fulfill, especially like strategic planning, that's a really pet peeve of mine that uh, we take on so much and it's hard not just on the leaders, but it's really hard on the employees. And they're not able to really be fulfilled because they're not achieving. But how do you, I mean, I know you work a lot in the manufacturing and, you know, that, but in a service business where the paperwork just keeps coming in every day. It isn't project-based, it's, it's just service-based. So, you know, think of CPAs, attorneys, companies like mine where we're processing a lot of new uh, entities and businesses. 
renewals. So how, how do you help people like that figure out how to get to where we feel like we've accomplished and then we can recognize? So with service companies and knowledge workers, because I do work a lot with knowledge workers, I'm working with an education company right now that creates online learning for uh, elementary school. And they're having the same issue of just total overwhelm. Um, and I really believe that there are four key categories that as leaders we need to monitor to create a system to be able to prioritize our work. And the four categories, in my opinion, are people, quality of work, and customer feedback. That includes voice of the customer, throughput, and revenue minus cost, so profitability. So those four categories. I believe that if we find, for each organization, it varies depending on the evolution of the business, one metric for each category of the biggest pain point that a particular business has. It can be a mom and pop place or it can be a huge corporation. But just coming up with one metric that really matters, most corporations come up with way too many and they're not actionable. But coming up with something that's actionable that's a pain point in each of these metrics to prioritize what to work on so that one is being proactive and looking to the future and making things better rather than constantly firefighting, because that's what I see in most organizations, is, and especially small businesses, is constant firefighting. Being able to just take one problem, prioritize it, root cause problem solve it at a time, and ch so that it never happens again, and then really becoming a lot more proactive because it ends up gaining people time. A lot of people don't want to take the time to do that because they feel like it's taking away time, but they don't realize it's hard. It, it is hard. It's a paradigm that's hard to shift to realize that just by doing that and chipping away um, at problems one at a time and making sure they never happen again, that we actually end up saving time. And that's what we can celebrate is that movement forward rather than constant firefighting. Well, and, th and that's where you start to develop the systems right. and someone like yourself that can come in and look at, you know, you're here, you're trying to get to here. What is your process now? Are you aware that there are, you know, apps or data, whatever, right? Solutions. Just creating a constant problem-solving system, I think that's the key, is creating a, con a consistent, that's what I think leaders, um, if they can find the right metrics, so that's one of the things I do is help them find, well, geez, what are your biggest pain points? Let's come up. So I, I was working here again, I'm working with two hospitals right now, and one of the hospitals, um, it was their IT department, they had never measured downtime. Well, when you think of systems that are life and death for patients, and they had never measured it. And I go, well, I, but they had a ton of other measurements. I go, well, I think that might be a good one. And so they, they end up measuring it, and they found out they were down 52 times in one year. That's once a week. And they were horrified. And I go, no, 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 this is just data, no judgment. That's another really hard thing to do, and that's why we have to get our egos out of the way, is to be okay with whatever the facts are to be okay with data and not have it be a judgment of how good or how bad I am, which is one of the beliefs that I try to get to with um, when I'm doing coaching, 
is, you know, where do we feel we have to prove our worth? Because wherever we feel we have to prove our worth is where we are limiting our success as a leader, which sounds crazy, but it's true. Because the more, well, it's like playing any game, like football or, or golf or whatever, if we're focusing on the score, we're going to miss the stroke, if it's, you know, golf. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to be able to be in the moment and be able to um, be okay with making mistakes and um, be okay with ourselves and living in our own skin. So anyway, if we create this problem-solving system, find the metrics that matter, just like we did with this you know, one IT department, um, they were able to, by problem-solving and chipping away once a week at one problem, within six months they had it down by 50%. And talk about all the time they saved by not have to chase why a system was down and just putting band-aids on it, but instead really healing the root cause, um, it saved them so much work and it made their patient, well, their doctors so much happier. Well, and, and I imagine, you know, the whole organization because now they can say we need to prioritize or get a budget line item to fix this or upgrade that or whatever, right. and now everyone's on the same page, right? Exactly. <laughs> So it becomes focused, like you talked about. So that is taking a, certainly a proactive approach. Obviously, you're called into a lot of organizations because they, uh, especially in the smaller mom and pop side, more reactionary. And, you know, just talk about from your perspective when you walk into an organization and everyone's hair is on fire, this wraps back around to burnout. Yes, and, absolutely. And what does it really cost an organization? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So like uh, one small company that I worked with recently, their, his main pain point was the fact that he would hire people and within two to three months they'd leave. He'd hire people within two to three months they would leave. So that was our most important metric. And um, we started to root cause problem solving and what we discovered is that People here didn't feel a sense of purpose. They didn't know, okay, I'm hired to do this. It's, it was manual labor. Um, and I'm hired to do this, but what's in my future? Like, how can I progress? We created career ladders, basically, for them. And the minute they were hired, they knew what skills they needed to get in order to be able to progress from one you know, job to the next, um, how much money they would make. And now he has no problem with retention. Mm -hmm. And um, that was such a big source of pain for him and overwork for him because he was the one who was taking up all the slack. Oh, and then yeah. having to teach employees all over again, you know, this, these jobs, which were pretty technical, um, even though they were manual labor, they were technical. Um, it really helped his hair not be on fire as much. That's awesome. For anyone that uh, could value having Ileana Vasilou, who's the founder of Creating Effective Organizations, come into their business to get to your root problem solving, which is how I tapped into you again, um, reach out to her through her website, creatingeffectiveorganizations.com. And just uh, know that, you know, she has a lot of experience to really drill down. And what I'm hearing is asking the right questions. It is so much about asking the right <laughs> questions. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.
The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Natakwa.